KCSU Interviews presents Andy Steves from Seattle, Washington, and I'm here at KCSU having a blast. Andy recently published Europe, City Hopping on a Budget, and is the founder of Weekend Student Adventure. Tune in to hear this exclusive interview, including advice for students planning on traveling, as well as an inside look at his new book. I think it's so important right now to go out and find your own truth and find your own experiences, and travel really opens up the world in that way. I'm Andy Steves. I did my undergrad at Notre Dame, and I had the chance to study abroad in Rome in 2008, and that was a completely life-changing experience for me. I had a chance to study in the spring, and my friends and I, we traveled almost every single weekend, and it just naturally fell to me to organize all the travel plans for my friends. At first, it was fun, but then it became kind of a job because I was organizing trips for 30 or more students, friends, but also random acquaintances who were just tagging along, and that's when the need for a weekend tour company for students abroad in Europe really struck me. I had the chance to go back to Notre Dame, finish my undergrad, spent two years developing the idea for weekend student adventures, and those tours that I've set up now and run for the last eight years, that's really provided the foundation for my new guidebook, Andy Steve's Europe, City Hopping on a Budget. Across my tour company, my podcast, and my book, I'm super passionate about helping young budget travelers really connect with European cultures. To get beyond their smartphone, it's such a Cabin is such a big part of our lives these days that I really encourage people to use it as a tool, but also be mindful of when taking some sort of Instagram photos, posing more of a wall than a chance to really experience that site, the Eiffel Tower or the Colosseum or the Uffizi Gallery in Florence. I found it so rewarding to get beyond the screen and really interact with the sites and the buildings and the people of Europe really connect with locals, broaden their perspective a little bit, and be able to come back to the States as kind of more worldly aware citizens of the planet. I think it's so important right now to go out and find your own truth and find your own experiences, um, and travel really opens up the world in that way. Students, they usually have a budget. A lot of times they can't really travel because it is expensive, but travel is important to actually expand your horizons, like you said. So what are some pieces of advice that you can give to students that are planning on traveling this summer or want to travel this summer, but don't think they have the budget to? That's a reality we all face. Everybody's on a budget. There's any number of tips to share. I think the biggest chunk of change you can save off the bat is by booking smart flights. I have a section about that in my book and also on my website where you can go and I have all my favorite search engines that I use in concert. I use four different search engines, Google Flights, Kayak, Skyscanner, and Momondo. I use all of those together, searching out what possible flight connections there are. From Denver, you might have direct flights to Paris or Amsterdam or Dublin, or you might have much cheaper ones that route through Reykjavik in Iceland. And these search engines will come back to you with results that you didn't necessarily consider up front. If you find a cheap flight, that can save you two, three, four hundred bucks out the gate. There's also an app called Hopper, H-O-P-P-E-R, that you can download, and it recommends, based on all sorts of past information and past data, What it does is it predicts when flight prices will climb and when they will drop. So it can actually recommend when is the right time to buy a flight. So number one is flights. What about stay? 
that's the next part of the equation. So travel is all about getting there and then you got to stay somewhere and then you got to know what to do, right? So I spend a good chunk of my book as well recommending some great hostels. A lot of Americans write off hostels as, oh, they're going to be weird. I don't know if they're safe. I don't know if they're clean. But what you can do is look at hostelworld.com and organize your results by what's available in the city that you're going to. And you can look at all the photos. You can look at all the reviews and you can kind of read between the lines. A lot of accommodations will say they're cozy or that they are quaint. But what that really means is creaky floorboards and, and toilets that might not work, you know? So you got to work on reading between the lines a little bit. And also any hostel in the world is going to say they're centrally located. And that's also a relative term. So you got to look on the map and make sure it's actually in the center of the city. So consider hostels, Airbnb and other private apartments are also a godsend for budget travelers who are traveling around in a group of two or three or four. You can find private rooms and entire houses or apartments that you can have the whole place to yourself. One thing that I like to do is visit a city for five days or a week, spend some time there, and to have a fridge where you can bring food back and then heat it up later that night for a snack makes a big difference. And eating out every single meal really adds up. So you can save money on accommodation and save some budget on food as long as you have a nice kitchen to work out of. So apart from budget, your podcast also gives advice on other aspects of travel, like fitting in with the locals. Why is this important for student travelers? When it comes to fitting in with the locals, I've always just found that it's easier. Life is easier in general if people aren't staring at you and it's not obvious that you're not from there. So it's not a bad thing if you wear flip-flops and shorts and a baseball cap and a North Face jacket walking down the street, but you're going to stand out as American. So leave the sweaters at home that say your college on it. Uh, leave the flip-flops at home unless you're going to the beach and kind of keep your eyes open and be observant. Save a little bit of budget and some room in your bag to pick up some local styles when you arrive. That's something I really like to do. I like to travel light to a place and then just get whatever I need when I'm there. That's been a great way that I found to kind of skip that initial, how would you put this, where like a storekeeper or somebody that you need to work with in a city just observes you immediately as a tourist. They're going to treat you like a tourist. If you can avoid that step, then it goes a long way and it makes life a little easier when you're traveling. Your company Weekend Student Adventure is also designed to make travel easier for students. Could you tell us a little bit about it. My company, Weekend Student Adventures, was started to provide weekend trips for students abroad in Europe who are abroad for four months. They have three-day weekends plus a spring break. And so we set up Friday, Saturday, Sunday experiences in cities like Edinburgh, Barcelona, Krakow, Amsterdam, Rome. And then we have spring break trips across Italy. So Venice, Cinque Terre, Florence, Rome, Best of the North, Amsterdam, Brussels, Bruges, and Paris, Ireland, Dublin, and out to Galway and the Cliffs of Moher. So these trips are designed with the budget traveler in mind, who is also a bit tired on time and wants to make the most of their time visiting these different cities and cultures. So these trips are like geared towards students that are already studying abroad. Weekend Student Adventures, yes. We've been evolving to andystevens.com, which isn't as exclusive. Weekend Student Adventures sounds very specific, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy Steves Travel is kind of more of a umbrella company that we're working under now that provides much the same experience, but maybe private rooms or private apartments, but you can still meet our great local guides all across Europe. What I'm doing is I'm working on a number of different mediums, media, to just generate interest and awareness for the travel experiences we have to offer. So with Weekend Student Adventures, it's great for students and young budget travelers. And then Andy Steve's Travel offers more kind of curated and customized options that people maybe with a little more budget can work with. What is your favorite mm. Weekend Student Adventure package that you have going on right now? They're so hard to choose. <laughs> um, but I just spent a couple weeks in Budapest having business meetings, and I absolutely love that city. 
I can tell you three days isn't enough to experience it, but we do a great job. In Budapest, in three days, you go on a caving adventure, you jump into the thermal hot spring baths that Budapest is so famous for, you check out the ruined pubs and go on a ruined pub crawl. There's all these old factories and tenements that were emptied out that now provide our offer cultural and music spaces, music venues. And in a bar that we go to on Saturday night, we'll come back on Sunday morning and it's a local organic farmer's market. So I haven't even mentioned a single site that you see. We go up to Fisherman's Bastion. We see Matthias Church, St. Stephen's Basilica, Andrashi Avenue, Hero Square, um, all sorts of fascinating things. The castle, all sorts of fun stuff to check out. That's awesome. And that's all in three days. All in three days. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was I was honestly looking at the weekend student adventure packages and I was like, could I just like fly to Europe and just be there for three days? And do this? <laughs> See, that's the so. thing. We know that it's unrealistic for people like yourself to go from Fort Collins all the way to Krakow or Budapest for the weekend. So that's why we link together the same city itineraries into, say, a 10 day or a 12 day trip. And that's been really popular. So for your travel guide, say for a student that maybe has two weeks, what would you recommend for them to do? In the first part of my book, I actually have a, if you like blank, go to blank. Uh, just for example, if you like grand museums, you should consider Paris, London, Berlin, or Rome. If you like the alternative scene, check out Berlin, Budapest, and Prague. If you're a foodie, Madrid, Venice, and Rome are great. So I break out in my book what your priorities are. That's what you should go for. One of the key points I'm always saying is be selfish. Go to where you want to travel and have the experiences that you want to have because it's such a shame when a friend is dragged along to a city or a place that they're not interested in and they have to waste their vacation, their money, you know, just trudging through what's to be experienced in that town where they could be spending their money and really having a much better time in a city that they like. So really be selfish, do some research and see what jumps out to you. And don't just do the classic tourist route just because that's what you feel like you're, you should do. Because every country, every city has its own special aspects that you can really dive into. Okay, let's say a student's interested in going to see museums. What do you think would be like the estimated cost for them to visit all of those cities, like following <clears throat> your travel guide? Most of the places now are 16 to 20 euros a pop. So that's like Anne Frank House, uh, Van Gogh Museum, Heineken experience in Amsterdam, the Louvre, Eiffel Tower, the Colosseum, and the Vatican. All of the major touristy sites now are creeping towards 20 euros. So you got to factor maybe one major site in every day or every other day if you're budgeting. And then also look for student discounts. The Sagrada Familia, I think the standard ticket is 16 euros 50 cents and the student ticket is maybe half of that, 50% off, 8 euros. So it's worth looking for the student discounts when you're booking online. I read that you're like considered the guru for traveling for the next generation? That's that, what they say. That's what they say? Okay, cool. I'm just making sure I got that right on the website. So what is it about this generation that like sets us apart from the last travel-wise? Like, And what do we need to know as a generation wanting to travel? Well, I think I mentioned this, but we're live FaceTiming this this interview right here. Mm -hmm. We're carrying around these supercomputers in our pockets that my dad and his generation of travelers never would have imagined. He used to, you know, make reservations by fax or by sending snail mail, if you can imagine. Now we can FaceTime, we can Snapchat, we can Instagram nonstop. It's a double-edged sword, like I said earlier. Um, you got to know when to put that away. To answer your question, technology and the ability to make travel decisions and travel arrangements and adjustments on 
on the fly is something that we've never been able to do before. So be sure to always Google the heck out of whatever you're interested in. Um, see if there are events that are going on in the cities that you're going to um, while you're traveling and download all the apps that I recommend on my website and in my book to really set you up for success on your next travels. Okay, so for a student that is graduating and they want to pursue traveling after they graduate, do you have any advice or specific career paths that you would recommend? Yeah, get specific because I get all the applications that you can imagine by saying, I love to travel, look at my resume. And loving to travel isn't quite enough. What you got to do is love to travel, but you also got to be resilient. You got to be able to work under pressure. So when I'm looking at resumes that come my way, I'm always looking for that specific experience that can really benefit my business and my tour operations. So if somebody's looking for a job in the travel space, be sure to bring a specific skill set that you can really add to that company. So I would always dig hard into any company that you're thinking about applying to and seeing what their weak spots are and seeing if you match up there. Beyond that, I was just, again, interviewing a great friend of mine on my podcast yesterday, and he made the point, join local groups. So if you're looking to go to Singapore, you know, see what the visa laws are there and then join local Singapore Facebook groups for au pairs or English teachers or you name it, whatever it is that you're thinking about doing in a city, see what those Facebook groups are and you can join you can be a fly on the wall for a while and then you can see some interesting posts about affordable accommodation good visa lawyers and what to do at the police station to register once you arrive all these different things that social media can really help with these days they're out there so just be sure to look them up that's awesome i didn't know that you were like accepting resumes for your travel company oh yeah constantly we're looking for interns brand ambassadors we need help getting the word out about our trips uh, back here in the states so any number of things we're looking for help on go to ws europe.com look at about and you got jobs with wsa right there what was it like for you because you started your company right after you graduated college right mm-hmm. so you just were an entrepreneur right off the bat mm-hmm. yeah it was in 2010 so the economy and the job market wasn't working out so well for the grads in 2009 2010 it was a perfect storm of okay it doesn't look like i'll you know get the job that i might be looking for out of college because it's so competitive and i come from a background where my mom was happy to have me back if I needed to crash on the couch. With her blessing and with the background that I had, having two years to develop the business plan for Weekend Student Adventures, I was like, let's give this a shot. So I sought investment and a loan. I started the business with the winnings from the business plan competition that we won at Notre Dame. And then I hit the ground running and registered the company in June of 2010. Haven't looked back since. It's coming up on what, eight, nine years now? Have you kind of just been like flying around for eight or nine years, just like traveling constantly since? then? Yes. In a word, yes. I haven't stayed put in one place for longer than a month in in 10 years or so. So it's been a busy decade. I'm looking to kind of slow down a little bit, but where that's going to be, I'm not quite sure. Where your next travel guide is going to be, though? Do you know where that's going to be? That's a good question. This is enough work as it is. Man, I put in five months updating this guidebook and lots of time writing. And I've spent some time in Colombia recently. That's a beautiful country. I absolutely love it. The people, the culture, the food, the music. It's all a great time. And I feel like that is a little bit underserved at the moment, but I'm keeping my options open and for the time being, just keeping my head down and and focusing on promoting this book. That's exciting. Well, do you have anything else that you want to say about the book for students that are looking to do stuff over the summer? Sure thing. So first off, of course, support your local bookstore. The guidebook is called Andy 
Steve's Europe city hopping on a budget and it really brings to life 13 amazing cities all around Europe all with the same format where I recommend the best three days that you can have in any of the cities and then I call out the recommendations with more descriptions and a few options so if you're looking for more nightlife or more sightseeing or more restaurants foodie tours any number of things I've really tried to make it a one-size-fits-all with various options to help you make your own adventure along the way. Is that what makes your book unique from other travel books? My guidebook is unique in the sense that it's city focused. So it's 13 cities across like 12 or 11 different countries. So that gives you kind of a surface level experience of these different cities. And hopefully it's a great resource for the first time and beginner traveler going over to Europe. And then once you get there, you can kind of figure out what you like the best and start putting down roots and uh, really experiencing that city as much as possible. One last question, just for fun. Where is your favorite place that you've ever been to? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> My favorite place used to be Omaha, Nebraska. That's where my grandma was. Yeah, my mom would drag (laughs) us back uh, for Christmas, and it was so great to see the family. But no, um, let's see, Budapest has been at the top of my list for a little while. I'm a junkie for the thermal hot spring baths. I absolutely love them. There's like 25 different locations around the city, and some are small, some are big, some are touristy, some aren't very exciting, and they're very local, and they just have two pools. My job is to go and visit and experience each one, and and then write up the best techniques and tips for the most popular locations. So I've uh, enjoyed going there and, uh, and getting my soak on in Budapest. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. And Thanks so much for having us. me. Yeah, for sure. Good luck <laughs> with the rest great. of your endeavors and your next travel guide from wherever that goes. I appreciate yeah. it. Happy <laughs> travels.